Hey guys, it's Kelly and I want to give you the warmest welcome back to the Unbroken Podcast. And as always, thank you so much for all the continued love and support, especially over the time that I needed to take for myself. I did not know that I needed the break until I took it. It wasn't something that I had planned out. I just sat down to record the last episode and I knew that I needed some time to myself. Not a whole lot's been going on in my life other than celebrating Halloween, getting ready for the holidays, making that awkward decision that every cat owner has to make if I'm going to actually put up a Christmas tree or not. Um, My cats are crazy, so I don't think that's in the cards for me, which sucks because I have this really beautiful tree. I'm allergic to Christmas trees, so I have an artificial one, and it's gorgeous. Um, I might just put it in my bedroom. I don't know, but (laughs) not much has happened. There's been a little bit of drama that's caused me and my family to have to move again. I'm not giving dates of when or if the move has already happened, but we are no longer where we're at and we aren't going to be where we're at for much longer. We'll just say that. So what was the drama? My attorney gets a copy of every lawsuit that is served to me in quite a few counties and they were served one that I used to live in and it was in the amount of $13,000 to a doctor's office that I've never even stepped foot in and it's my traffickers. I don't know all the logistics of how they're able to do what they do but they have found a way to create debt I don't know if they're creating the debt and selling it to the debt collectors or if they own the debt collectors. I actually don't know if it's my traffickers or somebody higher up in the ring. Whoever it is, they're not bothering me. I mean, this has been going on for over a year and I've been essentially paying whoever this person is 10% of my paycheck for over a year. It's money they don't know. They don't, I don't know them. They don't deserve it. And it is what it is. So when we found out about it, my God, my husband was so upset, which is a natural reaction. And it was just like I realized my give a damn button was really broken, like more broken than it ever has been. Because I just looked at him and I was like, you know what, babe? Like they're going to do what they're going to do. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. No matter how many times we're illegally served or they violate state laws because of the address confidentiality programs, it's just going to happen. And we can either let it destroy our family, destroy our lives, or we can just not throw the ball back and not give them that energy. So that's the choice that me and my husband made. We're just not going to throw the ball back. You know, they can do what they want to do. And I can't control that, but I can control how I react to it. And that is a lesson that I have been learning, faltering sometimes, but for the most part, I've stuck with it for quite some time in, you know, this road of recovery. 
So that's pretty much the update of the craziness that is my life. So, you know, it's it's crazy to sit here and just be like, hey, yeah, so I was falsely sued for $13,000 and I just don't care, but I really don't. But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, they're going to do what they're going to do and all I can control is how I react to it. And I'm not going to give them the satisfaction or the power of being upset And I'm certainly not going to stop my podcast or stop talking. And if I was going up to testify on the 29th against the former client of mine, um, yeah, I would still go. This wouldn't stop me. I think this is what they're doing at this point is trying to stop me from potentially going up there because they listen to these episodes and I've talked about her quite a bit. Especially in one episode, I went into a lot of details about things that she did when she was a client, and maybe they think I'm going up there. I'm not. I could if I wanted to, but it's just, it's not what I want to do right now. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So I have been thinking a lot about if I should give names or not and what details I should share and different things like that. So I kind of came to a little bit of a conclusion and I figured out that a lot of the secrets that I've been keeping, they're not my secrets. They're my parents' secrets And my traffickers' secrets because I've had multiple. So it's like, how am I being benefited in any way by keeping their secrets? So obviously, I had to sit down and think about a lot of things. So my father was arrested in the late 90s. I've spoken about it before. And I don't know all the details of his arrest. I obviously was told different stories from him than what the court documents talk about. And he said he had this jury trial and he was, you know, found guilty on lesser charges per the jury. But that motherfucker pled guilty. And it's like, so... After he pled guilty, I can remember, like, even after the arrest, which the arrest happened in April, November, was when he finally went to trial. And I can remember the looks and the whispers everywhere I walked. I mean, if I went to the mall, I got them. If I was at Walmart or basically anywhere, even at school, I would get the looks. And I was just painted that girl. And at the time, and even now looking back, I don't even know what that girl was. Was I that girl, the girl of the man that stole money from the homeowners association? Or was I that girl, the victim of the sex trafficking ring that was in the process of being brought down? Because I don't know exactly what his charges were, but what I know is an SVU detective was the one that took the case because I've met that man and I've talked to him about some things, but 
at the time, like, it really didn't click that it was an SVU detective which deals with sex crimes. They want to deal with embezzlement or misuse of funds, which is what my father says he committed. So I learned a lot of things when I spoke with that detective, and he told me that, you know, they had to do a lot of things to get the witnesses to actually come forward. Everyone was terrified and I won't get too much into details because I don't want him to know. But um, one thing I will say is people were literally sleeping in their basements with their shotguns and their entire family because they were so terrified, which completely makes sense why after the arrest, we were all shipped off to my aunt's house and spending time there because we were a threat being at our home, which was later foreclosed on, and bankruptcy was filed by my parents. I found those court documents. Um, So I was that girl, and I don't want to do that to my children. I don't want someone to come across this podcast if it's like this huge explosive episode listing names, places, and all of this stuff, and then somebody figures out that my daughters are my daughters, and I'm talking about their grandparents, and then they get those looks and those whispers, because I know what that feels like. So it's kind of a catch-22, because it's their secrets, not mine, but I also have to protect my daughters, so I don't really know how to go forward. But what I will say is my father took a plea deal, And while he was in prison, he made a lot of claims that were wildly untrue because he had to act like he was the god that he thinks he is. Um, He said he ran his block, but yeah, no, he was not. No, that wasn't true. Um, But there was a lot of things that when I had... Advocate, also survivor, I sent her copies of the dockets from the court case. And there was a lot of things that she pointed out and she's like, that's sex trafficking, that's sex trafficking. So there's speculation, I guess I'll say, that it was sex trafficking that he was arrested for, obviously, flipped sang like a little canary because he's the little bitch that he is and didn't want to go to jail and that's why my mother's warrant was pulled which I had that confirmed by the detective that my mother was going to be arrested and he said that they pulled the arrest records or I'm sorry the arrest warrant for my mother because they didn't want me and my brothers to be split up into different foster homes Now, at the time that my father was arrested, my family was still kind of together. It was before the huge split. So I had my mom's mom who had extra bedrooms. It was, I mean, God, she had one, two, three, four bedrooms. And she only took up one, obviously. I had my mom's dad that had extra bedrooms. My grandparents on my dad's side that still lived in the home my father was raised in. So they had extra bedrooms. I had two aunts that didn't have any kids. 
And I had other relatives that had houses that had room for us. So why would uh, me and my brothers have to be split up in foster care? Like, why wouldn't we go to a blood relative? So that was one thing that kind of stuck with me and has been kind of like the driving force behind me digging in and figuring out that my family know and they were a part of it and they didn't want us probably because they well they claim they were terrified of my father um for other reasons why they you know distanced themselves from us but I think a lot of it was because maybe there was some guilt there. I mean, my aunt emailed an email address I haven't used since I was married to my ex-husband, which we were divorced over 10 years ago, um, to wish me a happy birthday. I, I mean, I haven't spoken to her in forever. I mean, I think when you have a family member that changes their number and doesn't give it to you, that's like a clear-cut sign that they don't want anything to do with you. But it's like there's guilt there, and I can feel it with my family. I had talked about speaking with another aunt, and I called her just hysterical and asking, like, why didn't anyone tell me? Like, why didn't you tell me who my parents were? How come you didn't save me? And she said she would call back and never did. So that was all because of what that detective said. He basically let me know that my family knew what was happening or didn't care enough about us to take us in. So that was a little bit crazy. And trying to figure out everything that that means, it's kind of difficult. But my mother was supposed to be arrested as well as my father. So that's all we know. And we know that my dad sung like a fucking canary and he flipped on whoever it was. That person clearly went to jail or prison or wherever because the attacks on our home and on our property didn't happen until maybe seven years later. So it definitely was some time that these people were away. That is why we moved states and moved from the north down to the south. We'll just leave it at that. So it was a big move. It wasn't like we just moved a little bit. We moved like over a thousand miles away. And it was clearly because he ran his mouth because that's what he does. So that's not my secret. That's his secret. And I'm tired of keeping it. I'm tired of sitting here and trying to figure everything out with my father's arrest. But, you know, it is what it is. And he is who he is. So he's still on probation, though I've heard rumors that that might be ending soon. I don't think so. Um, so I'll definitely keep you all updated on that and let you know exactly what's going on with that. So the other thing, this is going to be difficult. It's not something I talk about, and it's something that I need to get off my chest. So if anyone has been listening from the beginning, they have listened to the episode titled The House. If you haven't listened to it, 
please go listen to it because it's going to help this one make a little bit more sense. I don't want to get too descriptive because in that episode, I do do a trigger warning and I'm not doing it in this one. But essentially, there were clients that allowed me to bear a child and give birth to a child that was immediately taken from me. And I thought a lot last year when I started sharing and a lot of memories were surfacing and I did DNA testing. I did it for quite a few reasons. Obviously, the number one was to confirm if my parents were in fact my parents. And the only thing that I know is that me and my brother are full brother and sister. However, we do not have the same cousins, which is weird. I've been talking with some people in certain places, I'm not going to say where because I don't want them to get harassed, that kind of deal with this stuff and are trying to explain how I have a cousin that my uh, brother doesn't have. But again, this is DNA. So it's kind of weird and I don't really know how they do it. But this is where it gets so crazy. So I reach out to this cousin and he shares the same last name with my grandfather. So I have talked about my mom's father before and how contact kind of stopped when they were arrested. And I wanted to reach out to his family because I was told he had passed away. And I wanted to know why they just abandoned us. I still have a bit of trust for him because he was always good to us. And he was very good to me. And this is where the craziness happens. So I ask my cousin, DNA tested, confirmed that we're related, and asked if he knew my grandfather. And I obviously used my grandfather's name. And he said, yes, he was, in fact, related to him and asked, you know, how I was. And I said that he was my grandfather. And I got a response from my uncle, which was my cousin's uncle, stating essentially there was no possible way that that man could be my grandfather, that he was single had never or had recently remarried and had a stepson. And from what I knew of my grandfather, he remarried and had a daughter or a stepdaughter. So I was kind of thrown back by that. And I explained everything that I knew about him to this cousin. And yeah, it was confirmed that's not the same person that he's related to, but it's the same name. So I did a little bit of digging and found out that the person that I was told was my grandfather is, in fact, still alive. I haven't been able to make contact with that person, but they filed for a business license as license as recently as last year. So obviously, they did not die in 2012. So that's been a little bit crazy trying to figure out. So I don't know the person that I was told was my grandfather. I don't know who he is. And I don't want to speak bad about him. But what I will say is I spent time at his house. 
He would take me to New York City to see Broadway shows. Um, we saw him bring in the noise, bring in the funk. It was, um, oh God, an amazing show. Uh, one of the things that I cherish, one of the memories I cherish for sure. But he is not my grandfather. And if he is, it's it's just so weird because he's still alive, according to a lot of documents and everything. I can't find an obituary and that business license. But yet he's not related to the people that I'm DNA connected to that share last name with him. So that's been the big mystery that I'm trying to uncover. But it's just, I knew when I did the DNA testing that there was a lot of weird things that were going to come up. And I was able to confirm that my parents are my parents, but I actually wasn't able to confirm that. I was just able to confirm that me and my brother are actually full brother and sister. Another reason that I had done it was because the children that were taken from me, if they made it out, I wanted them to find a way to find me. So this way, a lot of kids that, you know, don't know their parents are using this DNA testing. So that's why I did it. I know somebody that found their father that they had never met that way. So I thought it was a good decision for me. My husband had bought the test kit for me for Mother's Day last year. So that was pretty much how that went. I found out that my grandfather is not my grandfather. And there's something weird about me and my brother's uh, relationship. Not our emotional relationship, but our DNA relationship, I guess I'll call it. So that was a little weird. Then there was, okay, so, man, this story is crazy. So I was working with a couple of people. They call themselves angels, and they help people that are adopted find their biological parents through the DNA sites. So I was working with someone that was helping me upload to all the DNA sites that I could and helping me build my tree. And I wake up one morning and my tree is just gone. Like all the work that I have been working on, I was copying everything she did. And I mean, it was just, it was gone. Like everything in my ancestry profile was deleted, obviously, except for the DNA stuff. They can't do that. So I was like, hmm. Then I tried to log into a lot of different accounts and I was logged out of all my devices. And I remember sending a message to my sister saying something bad's about to happen. And within an hour, Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. And I can remember taking that screenshot and sending it to my sister and said, well, there it is. There's the bad thing. And she was just like, wow. So obviously me and her started trying to figure out what the significance was. Like, why come after me just because Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested? So I did a little bit more digging and I just had a hunch to look into my DNA profile because that seemed to be the biggest thing that they were going after. 
And no, I wasn't related to Ghislaine Maxwell, thank God. I thought I was because I have some family that came over from the area she lived in overseas. But I did find out that I'm related to Jeffrey Epstein on what I believe is my mother's side. It's kind of hard because some dots are blue, some dots are pink, some are purple, and it's it's very confusing. So that was kind of a little bit of a shock, but it also kind of made a lot of things make sense. And I have it, I mean, right in my ancestry profile that I am his cousin. Obviously not his first cousin, but I'm just going to leave it at that. So that kind of caused a lot of chaos for a little while, and it was around the time that a lot of that cyberbullying and cyberstalking was happening, which has been confirmed through sources that I don't wish to share that that was somewhat involved. Um, so things got a little crazy after that. And I started to recognize things that I probably wouldn't have recognized before. But one of the biggest things was finding out the relationship with him obviously answered a lot of questions. And it answered the main question of how did my parents get into this kind of business? And I can't sit here and tell you if my grandparents trafficked any of my aunts or my parents. Um, I can't tell you if they trafficked anybody. I don't know of anything that came from my aunts and uncles. I just, what I know to be true is that it was just my parents. And... It just made sense. We moved to a certain area, which obviously had relation to that. But it's like, here's some craziness. And I was looking through the FBI documents that were released in the Epstein case. And there was a certain time where FBI agents went from the Miami field office to a different field office. And when I do that, like when I looked at those dates and I looked at my father's criminal record, he was quote unquote incarcerated at the exact time that they were interviewing a witness. And this was back with the 2013 case where he got the infamous sweetheart deal. So... I thought about it and I remember him getting arrested and I kept, I remember having a conversation with my mother because I had my own apartment with my two girls paid for by my parents, technically by me, but by them in their name. And I said, you know, I'm just going to quit school and I'm going to call, I'm going to have to get a job to help you pay. And she kept saying to me, like, it's not necessary. This isn't going to last. Now, my father has gotten multiple violations of probation. He, in the state that he lives in, he's actually not on probation in that state. They're just kind of overseeing it. So 
any violation that he gets at any moment, they can withdraw his permission to be out of state and be forced to move back up there. So I obviously was worried about that at the time and offered to get a job to help my mother out. But she kept telling me I didn't need to worry about it. So he got out of he got out of jail and the violation didn't stick. Supposedly he had to pay like five grand. That's at least what the court documents say. But here's the weird thing. So it's a two and a half hour flight and he was back by like noon that day. So court opens at nine. So yeah, I don't think that he went to court. I think the incarceration was all a cover and it was because he was the witness that they were meeting with because it was in the time that he was gone. I think they went to that field office twice. So that was kind of weird. Um, but it's not unlike my father to be a witness and to run his mouth. He is not as tough as he claims that he is. He will do whatever he has to do to keep himself out of jail. My ex-husband's the same way. Uh, when I talked about our charges, he sung like a bird too. Um, I don't know what it is about those two. But so then I just like started digging and I started looking at every violation of probation or parole that my father had gotten his entire sentence. And I noticed a pattern that whenever he had his violations, a senator or similar was always found with child pornography on their computer. So I don't know what that means. And you can let your mind go where my mind is, most likely. Um, but all I know is when he violates probation, he doesn't get in any trouble at all. And another legislator, state senator, goes down for child pornography. And like I've explained before, it's not, I mean, it is child pornography, but mainly it is video of sales. So that's what daddy does to get himself out of trouble is he just hands over videos of somebody that they want. Now, I don't know the whole client list. I mean, I've seen the videos, but I don't know them. So, you know, it is what it is. Eventually it'll come out. Um, and I don't really know much else what to say about that, but that is yet again another secret I should never have to keep. And that's just who my parents are. When you mess with them, they go after your kids or they plant stuff into your computers, which I know that these people didn't know that they were letting me know they were in contact with my parents when they told me that I better clear my browser history but that was a threat without a threat that my father always used to tell people. So once the people that said that in a video or in a comment section, I instantly knew that they were sent by my parents. So that investigation is still ongoing. I can't talk much about it, but hopefully it will come to an end soon. 
the information that was found from that is quite extensive. I will say that. So I know I babbled on, probably bounced around a little bit, but I'm going to leave it there for now because I don't really like to do exceptionally long episodes. I like to kind of keep it within the half an hour to 45 minute range, but I'm excited to be back and I'm hoping that everything's going to be awesome this time around. I'm working on a project. I can't remember if I said it in the beginning right now. It's literally like the middle of the night, but um, it's time consuming and it's about my story and it's just one of those things that I got to spend time every day and it's extremely triggering. So it's kind of hard to do that and then have time to decompress and then record these episodes. So I'm going to try to stay as consistent as I can and post as often as I can. So please follow me on social media. Um, Instagram is really my go-to. Facebook, I just got out of a 30-day ban. I'm pretty sure that was like my last chance. So my Instagram is unbroken underscore podcast is my Instagram username. So if you follow me there, my link tree is in the profile. You can follow me on all my other social media accounts. I don't really go on Twitter. I haven't done much TikToks because the drama there just kind of turns me off. I hate opening the app a lot. I did post a video of my turtles today and they are not getting as much love as they deserve. But Instagram is probably going to be the best place because Every time I'm publishing an an episode, I always post that there's a new episode up. And that's kind of where I post any updates and things like that. Um, So I can't think of any other updates other than just, you know, this huge project that I'm just not going to talk about yet because I'm excited about it. I want to get a little more in-depth with it before I come forward. I might give some sneak peeks and stuff. But it's something a lot of people have been asking for. So anyone that's been around since the beginning, I think you can figure out what it is. But don't tell anyone. So we're going to leave it at that. And I hope everyone has a very happy holiday next weekend. And thank you so much for being here always and listening to me vent and letting me get out things. But I have made the decision that I am not going to keep my parents' secrets anymore. Now, if that means client names, I don't know at this point. So we'll just see how it goes. But the woman... Listen to that episode after you listen to this one, if you want, and it might make sense and you might be able to figure out who it is. I don't want to say their name, but have a great evening or morning whenever you're listening to this. And I love you guys so much and you guys are so supportive. And to the people that are listening that are only doing it to keep tabs, Thanks for being my most loyal fans. You don't bother me. So have a great night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And I will talk with you guys soon. Have a good one.